I'm going to be sharing my, predominantly my messages from Matthew, from chapter 17, uh, from verses 1 to verse 8. And <clears throat> I'm going to be sharing mostly from the ESV, and I know there's different people with different languages. You're welcome to kind of read along in your own language, um, but uh, I'll be sharing from the ESV and then a few other translations. But I encourage you that if you do, uh, just to follow along in your own Bibles. Um, so let me start by just reading this amazing passage. And then I'll discuss the theme and we'll start uh, sharing into this word. This is Matthew 17 from verses 1 to verse 8. I'll just read it from here. After six days, Jesus, after six days, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John, his brother, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And as he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. And behold, there appeared to them Moses and Elijah, talking to him. And Peter said to Jesus, Lord, is it good that we are here? If you wish, I will make three tents here, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. He was still speaking when behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And the voice from the cloud said, this is my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell on their faces and were terrified. But Jesus came and touched them saying, rise and have no fear. And when they lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. This is an incredible, incredible passage. In this passage, a great revelation is shared to those three men that representing mankind and to all of us. Important to just kind of put it into context. This is before the crucifixion. This is before the resurrection. This revelation was shared to, to them specifically and to us now today. And uh, I can kind of just imagine, most of us here love hiking. We love getting out there. And it specifically says to us that they were up on a high mountain. So you can just, I kind of pictured this moment where these three men and Jesus are, and you know what it's like when you're climbing up a high mountain, every step kind of getting a bit more heavier, watching where you walk, uh, chatting, talking to one another. And in this moment, while they're busy working their way up the mountain, Jesus' face is transformed and it's shining like the sun. And um, his clothes were filled with light. And in this, you can just imagine this moment on the top of this mountain. And then they realized that Moses and Elijah were standing there. And Jesus was starting to have this deep conversation with them. That alone is, is enough to kind of declare it as a, an incredible revelation. But then this most amazing thing happens. God the Father, in a cloud, says this most amazing words. And um, he declares that this is my son, marked by my love. My focus and my de delight is in him. I'm just paraphrasing it. And that alone is just such a profound statement that is made in the New Testament. That Jesus is the son of God. He is the Lord of lords. And that would have been enough in a way. But then the father goes on to declare this most incredible thing. 
And he says to them, I'll just let the kids just run through because this is a powerful moment. Now let me just <laughs> and um, he declares to them, and he says, listen to him. And that is the theme of my message this morning. Listen to him. This is such a profound truth that we should own for ourselves. As I was preparing, as I mentioned earlier, uh, it's amazing as you start you know, praying into and, and looking for things where God is speaking specifically about what it means to listen to God, listen to his word. How many of the scriptures are actually referring to God commanding us, asking us to listen to the word of God, to hear the word of God. And it, it really just kind of gripped me as I started seeing all these incredible promises and, and verses that the Lord said that we should listen to him. I've kind of taken two or three just to give you a flavor of how incredible this is. A lot of them are spoken specifically by Jesus. The first one I've taken is from Luke chapter 11 verses 22. And this is Jesus speaking and he says, but he said, blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and keep it. So there are those that hear the word of God and don't keep it. We also know from Paul's writings in Romans chapter 10 verse 17, he says, so faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. And what is the word of Christ? Well, the gospel of John chapter one says it so amazingly. Most of us might know this deep in our hearts. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. A little bit later in that same chapter, the Gospel of John goes on to say, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And then John declares and we have seen his glory, the glory as of the only son, ooh, from the father, that's naughty, uh, from the father, full of grace and truth. Friends, the Lord says to us that we should listen to Jesus. We should allow the word of God to speak to us. Big challenge is, Jesus also says to us in John chapter 10, verses 27 and 28, he says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one will be snatched, no one will snatch them out of my hand. The Lord is saying something very profound to us in this specific statement. This one kind of is, is my anchor. It's two things, there's promises and there's a command. Jesus says that we, his sheep, will know his voice. 
and we will be led or we'll, be follow, we'll follow him. And he will give us eternal life. And then he says this most incredible thing. And I know there must be some people in this service today that this is for you. This is a prophetic statement into your life. You should know this and cling to this with the fingernails of, that you have. That the Lord says, no one will snatch you out of his hand. Fear not. Incredible promise. But the big question in the room for each one of us is when last have you heard the voice of God? I will, you know, I speak a lot to the Lord. I ask Him, I spend a lot of time speaking to God and asking Him a lot of things. Now, that's cool, but that's not what we are commanded here to do. That's good. When last have you listened to Jesus? When last have you really heard God speak to you? You know, you sometimes think you've got it all wrapped around and you're going to get these verses and you think, I can get this, I understand this. And Jesus sometimes just doesn't allow you just to rest in that comfort spot. Because he goes on to say in John chapter 8 and verses 47, and he says, whoever is of God hears the words of God. The reason why you do not hear them is that you are not of God drop the mic just when I thought I figured it all out God says to us Ken I know I'm a child of God but when last have I heard the word of God speak to me directly and yes the main thing is how many of these different voices in the midst of this noisy world we live in are filling our listening time so as I was preparing this, this message, the Lord started saying, I'm going to deal with you, my, my son. Let's just take stock of your own lives. Let's just take a moment in a day, Ken, and just kind of reflect on what you're listening to. And for me, it was a, it was a reality check of, yes, I know the Lord. Yes, I love him, but there's, there's something wrong here. And that's why that John chapter 10, when the Lord says, my sheep know my voice. I want that more in my life. Because if I take stock of my day, there's a lot of Spotify, there's a lot of WhatsApps. I'm listening to those guys that I subscribe to on YouTube and wondering what they said today. I've got sometimes a little bit of Netflix with my wife. Um, in between all of that, there's all the normal commercial, you know, things that I do with Zoom and Skype and colleagues and uh, family and lift all these things I'm listening to. And then I can still find time to watch a full game of football in this, in this listening time. And I'll be honest that I do spend some time in the morning where I just read the word and I just listen to God's word. But in proportion of that to the rest of the time that I spend, the Lord was speaking to me, Ken, you've got to get this right in our own heart. Because we somehow, and it's just the reality and I wrote this down in, in, a, in a, just a profound way for me personally, that um, in this time we're living in, in this age we're living in now, we need to hear Jesus' voice so much more than we hear all the other things that we find we're listening to. If we look at the things that we spend our time listening to, the majority of that is comfort things. Us men on the men's retreat, boy, did that challenge me. 
How much of the things that I choose comfort instead of suffering, instead of discipleship? A lot of the things I'm listening to is self-gratification things. I can try and justify it in many ways, but it definitely means that if I think of the time that I'm listening to God, things need to be changed. So that's where this message was really born out of. The question you're going to be asking is, well, how does one speak to us in this day and age? And really, friends, it's been like this throughout all ages, because God speaks to us through what he has spoken in the scriptures, as he teaches us and as he commands us, as he promises us. That is the majority of the way that God speaks to us. The big question is, how do we do that? How do we get to listen and read and hear God's word, different to the way we hear everything else that we're exposed to? Because the way we listen and the way we've been trained to kind of scan through things read things, group them, cluster them, copy them, send them, bin that, bin that, read more, info past, info out. That's not what God is calling us to do with his word. And so what I thought I'd do is just give you three basic principles that I've applied in my life and how this word becomes God speaking into my heart and it's inscribed on the tablet of my heart. And he speaks to us through his word in moments and circumstances in our lives. And then John chapter 10, verses 27, 28, becomes when we hear his voice, we follow. He leads, we follow. Follow means we act on the word. We hear it, and then we respond. And it takes courage. But that's what the sheep do. And then he does this most amazing thing. Because he uses those moments when we respond to his word when we respond to his promptings and the people see the gospel alive in those moments and they are drawn to Jesus because we've responded to the word of God. So here are the three things that I thought I'd just kind of summarize in terms of how I appropriate this word to become something that I hear. The first thing is that it requires a conscious response. What do I mean by that? I mentioned before, the way we do listening and hearing in our worldly business sense is very different. But what God is calling us to do, it's a conscious response that I want to hear God speak to me through his word. So it requires this, this drop of scented, saturated oil, called, I call it a drop of faith. That as you approach the time that you've separated to worship and just hear God speak to you through the word, there's a sense of faith of knowing that something that I'm going to read is going to crash into my life and it's going to make me think, it's going to stand out, it's going to challenge me, it's going to be something I'm going to have to wrestle with or it's something that's going to just infuse me because I can hold on to it like that promise that he will never let you go. It's that sense of, with this active conscious preparation, asking the Holy Spirit to Lord, I've separated this time. I need you to speak to me. That's the step one. Step two, it's kind of simple. Just read. Read God's word. But read it. I'm going to have to get really progressive in my ways. But in my case, with a pen in my hand. Some people, it's a way of tagging something. Others, it's just to copy something. Some, it's just a highlighter. So as you read God's word, with an anticipation, expecting something to happen, God will speak to you. And when you read something that you know 
this excites me or this really I struggle with. Write it down so that you can read it again. Make, just don't just read and read and read. Just take it and own that piece. And how do you own it? Step three, it's old-fashioned ways. And that is simply to go back, maybe daily, read it again. Read it again. Ask God to explain it to you. Start saying it. Read it again. Start saying it. Start speaking it out. Until what happens, and this is just the way I kind of described it in my own way. When you start speaking it and start reading that word, which kind of stood out, eventually you start understanding the rhythms of that statement or that command or that promise. And that rhythm of that statement becomes so beautiful that as I call it, it kind of gets engraved on your heart. But that requires old-fashioned kind of memorizing God's word. But I can tell you, it requires the difference. Because once it becomes in your heart, the Lord starts speaking to you in ways and in moments where you desperately need it. We need to listen to him. Those are the three basic steps that I apply when uh, God speaks to me in the time that I allow him to just speak to me in his word. And as I said, as the shepherd leads us then, um, you hear his voice and the words of God are kept not only for us, but it's used to bless others as the gospel comes alive as we respond in obedience to those words. I thought what I'd do is, um, now that I've given you the, the, the how, I would take a specific piece of scripture and I'm going to show you just three beautiful principles of how it's a testimony out of my life, but it's a, a reality check as well for me. And uh, so it's not all beautiful, but uh, my wife's in Paris so she's not here, but I, I know she'll listen to it so she can hold me accountable. Um, and I'd like to just share that with you so as to hope that some of those truths will be imparted with you as you, as you want to listen to the, to the word. And it's three beautiful principles. This specific passage I'm going to be speaking about, there's a little bit of a backstory. So, um, and the backstory I need to explain a little bit. So there's a section of it that is kind of, kind of special for us as a family. Before we came to Switzerland, I can honestly say I might have read this piece somewhere, but it never really, it's like you read it, but you don't really own it. But then there was a season at Lyft where uh, we had a thing called Club Lift. Now, Club Lift was once a month. Uh, it was led by Kima and Nicholas. Nicholas is somewhere in business travel. And they had a team of people once a month for about 10 months. Uh, all the kids, there was lots of them, from the ages of three till about 11 We'd come and we'd take away the chairs there that formed two teams, a blue team and a red team, and we'd put them as like an organ pipe, tallest to shortest, and they would get numbers, and they would do a whole lot of sport games in here. It was great for the parents. We'd drop them off and we'd all go to Starbucks, and they would just look after them, and they would have a great ball. But the main aim of that session was, yes, they had fun, but each week they would get one verse, which each session they would get one verse to memorize. And over the 10 sessions, at the end of the 10 sessions, they would have to have memorized and, and say them all. And if they had got it right, they get a prize. They get to go to Trampolino in Zurich on a rainy day with the rest of Zurich. And our kids loved it, but we, we tolerated it. <laughs> but it was, it was amazing. It was, I don't know if you've ever been to Trampolino. Um, if you haven't, don't go. <laughs> 
So um, anyway, it was great for the kids because it's just this huge place with all kinds of amazing things for them to jump around in. Um, and, uh, but that was, the, that was the goal. But here's the thing. The Eels family, little girls, three of them, were having to learn verses. I mean, we've never done that as a family before. And of course, leading up to that one Sunday when the club lift was happening, it kind of got more intense and more intense because they hadn't memorized the verse. So there was mom and dad waking up in the morning. What is the verse? Let's say it together. And of course, I'm going to ask Kima to come up because this verse required learning by actions. Kima, just come up here. This is going to go. Um, so this was the one verse that we're going to be sharing. It's from Proverbs chapter 3 from verses five, uh, 5 and 6. And the verse goes like this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways and he will make your path straight. So those actions were what, thank you, Kimmy, you, you can go. <laughs> so so I, 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 you could wake me up at night and I can, I can do the actions. I can go through it. This is something, but you live through this wonderful thing of memorizing these verses with the children. And uh, that made it so special because this word not became something that we read, it became something that the kids and us kind of learned to be part of our lives. And it's, and, and it's, this is the passage I'm going to be sharing around. It's, and I'm going to take it from verses 3 to verses 8. Because in this group, there's three beautiful promises, but also three commands. And I'd like to just apply it and show you how I apply it in my life. And I'm going to read it from, from, the, from the message. Now, the message is a paraphrase by Eugene Peterson. Um, if you've got your versions there in, in, in your Bible, please read along. I just love the way it is described and, um, and I just trust that you would allow me to use that as a, just a beautiful way of just describing these, these three promises and these three commandments. So it's from uh, Proverbs chapter 3 from verses 3 to verse 8. Thanks, Mark. It reads like this. Don't lose your grip on love and loyalty. Tie them around your neck. Carve their initials on your heart. And there's the next thing is the promise. Earn a reputation of living well in God's eyes and in the eyes of people. And the second one is, this is verses 5 and 6. Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Listen for God's voice in everything you do, everywhere you go. He's the one who will keep you on track. And then the third one, don't assume to know it all. Run to God. Run from evil. Your body will glow with health and your very bones will vibrate with life. Amazing promises from God's word. Now in our lives, there's three truths that I've owned um, and that has just become part of God speaking to me in moments of my life. The first one I've um, called be guided by love and loyalty. This is really something that if you we can all own it just in our general lives. Um, but it's, it is really profound. It's, and simply speaking, it is when we speak about somebody who's not present, we should speak as if they are present. That's loyalty. And this is an incredible truth that the Lord teaches us. He says, this is how you are loyal. Is that when you speak of somebody, you should speak as if they are present. And the wonderful truth of it is those that hear you speaking about someone 
when they're not in the, your presence. You will trust in those people's lives because they see how you honor people and how you speak about them when they're not, not around. And if you speak badly of them, those people won't trust you. It's a beautiful thing, but the reality is God says if you do this, this is the most incredible thing. He says you will find favor in the sight of God and of man. What a, what a beautiful thing. And so let's make it really practical. For many of us in this building, including me, our companies are going through all kinds of stuff. Uh, there's cost saving, there's restructuring, there's, there's all kinds of terms that we can put it through. Through the recession and through just changes, we're all experiencing change in the organizations. And my company is, no, is in the same boat. And this week, um, I was kind of checkmated into going to a coffee meeting. Um, and, and in our place, we'll call it the coffee, a coffee, coffee clutch, uh, a coffee gespräch, a coffee meeting, really. And um, at the same day, the new organization was, was, was publi published on the web. And of course, the guys wanted to talk about who's in the new positions and who's, who was favorites two months ago and they're just no longer there on the org chart. And of course, there's others that were never there and they are now prominently displayed on the new org chart. And there was one specific guy who worked for me for a season and now, and he was basically in the wilderness and all of a sudden he's now one of the big guys that are gonna be holding a big division. And a lot of the people that have maybe been involved with him have had some bad experiences. So in the, in the coffee area and here's the moment. People are chatting and then the one guy says this to me. Ken, have you seen so-and-so? He's leading up this whole division. He used to work for you. You'll never work for him, would you? All that they want is me just to acknowledge in some way that their judgment of this person uh, is correct. And in that moment, it's like time stands still. Because in that moment, the voice of the Lord speaks to me right there. And I hear the Lord saying to me the word. I hear him saying, Ken, get a grip of love and loyalty. Feel it around your neck. This is the moment where you honor me or you honor man. So in that moment, things kind of didn't turn out the way they wanted to. And I spoke about that man as if he was in my presence. And I humbled myself and said, honestly, I would work for him if, if he asked me to be part, of his, be, be part of his team. And that you could see they just couldn't find the gear to put that one in. But I knew, although in the sight of man they thought I must have been a bit of funny, but I knew in my heart, because of God's word, it spoke to me that there was a promise. That the Lord said, well done, my boy. And if he was there, he'd say, oh, thanks, Ken. It's been tough. And that's the joy of letting God speak to us through his word. But that word had to be in my heart. Else it's so easy to just follow the things that we listen to and see in the media. The second example is also a beautiful principle. And I've entitled it like this. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. As I mentioned to you earlier, this specific verse, verses three, uh, five to six, is something that we as a family had memorized. Now, again, it's one thing when you memorize word, but it's another thing for children to appropriate that word in their living lives. So what we did as a family, and I'm, I'm saying this not to kind of say you guys should do this, but this is, is the Eels' little prayer book. And um, what we decided to do with our girls is that once in a while, on a Sunday evening, we would sit around the table 
we would have some communion cups and a little bit of bread in front of us, and then we'll take our little prayer book out. And then all three of the girls would have a chance of saying what is in their lives at the moment, whatever the age, where they are, they, they, there's things that they just, with their mind, can't work through. Someone in their class who's been hurt. Someone's, you know, the things that the children tell you, when you ask them to, what are you actually caring about? It's amazing when you start allowing the children to share their hearts with you. That they can't physically fix, where they've got to trust in the Lord with all their hearts, lean not on their own understanding. Mommy, so-and-so keeps getting bullied in the class. Can I pray for him? Yes, let's write it down. Christine would write the date, and then she would write the little sentence there, and we'd make a little box, a little tick box. And then we'd go around, and each one would have a chance to like list two or three things. And then before we would have communion, and before we'd pray for that, the big joy for the girls was, everyone would like arm wrestle, this time it's me. They'd want to us to read through the previous weeks, and then have the chance to take the pen, and then actually tick off the things that God has answered. And that built faith in their hearts because they'd seen this truth of hearing God and this truth was in their hearts, but now they're seeing it in action. And the joy that we experienced through them seeing God do things that they were praying for made the scripture come alive in their lives. Yes, there were things, and if I go back, there's one or two boxes that are still not open, and that's quite a while ago. Um, yeah, mommy and the neighbors, it's still open. So <laughs> um, and um, maybe I should have ticked that one. <laughs> um, and um, shoot, that wasn't a good thing to say. Anyway, but th- these are real things. And it's important for us to, as a family, own them. There's some of these things that were tough. Some people that we loved that were going through cancer, a teacher, and the girls, were, you know, they would boldly pray, Lord, uh, Daddy, let's pray for Mrs. Schuler, because she's got cancer. Yeah, yes, my dear, let's do that. And, uh, you know, uh, it's beautiful stuff, but it's real. The big thing in this truth is, don't try and figure it out on your own. We have to appropriate God's word, and the children are able to actually experience it. As it's not just something that they memorize, it's something that they live. And there's a verse from James chapter 1, verses 22. And this is such a powerful verse. It says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. The father tells us, listen to him. Jesus says, they hear me and they follow me. That's the gospel. It impacts the world. The third third wonderful principle is pretty simple one, it's the third section, and it is run to God and run from evil. You know, we, we need to trust God, and we mustn't become arrogant and get clever. When we are faced, we know, we know it's not right. We know these, some of these things are evil, but it's so easy to try and figure out a way to try and argue and, and and make it work because we think we're clever. Word is clear. We have to have a, a reverence, a fear for God, and we should run to God and, not, and run away from evil. There's a practical explanation or a practical place in, in, in our lives. Friends share that there's this Netflix series that everybody's watching. 
And as they talk about it, you know, I know that I know that I know that I know that there's things in there that I don't need to see and my wife and I don't need to see. But, you know, you become clever, you become smart and you start reasoning, but look, we can always just forward whenever something happens, but then we can just like skip on to the next season or whatever. And you start working through these thoughts to try and justify why you should be watching this because, you know, everybody else says it's so good. As I'm working through those rational reasons, I'm thinking how I should try and justify to do this before I even position it to my wife. You know, the Lord just reminds me of, of His Word. And there's a scripture that has been with me since I was a student. And boy, was this scripture just so powerful in my life because the Lord was good to me because this Word was like a clanging gong in the things that I was faced uh, in the university and in my early walk with Christ. It's out, I, I only know it because at that stage I just knew the King James. And um, this is it. It's Proverbs chapter 6, verses 20, 27. And it goes like this. Can a man take fire into his bosom and his clothes not be burnt? Friends, you take that fire into your bosom, you're going to get burnt. And as a young guy and as a man now, that's the word that the Lord speaks to me as I'm trying to reason through this in my mind. And I know that I know that I know. I'm going to run to God and run away from evil because I'm going to be burnt. I'm going to disappoint. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to just lean on God's mercy and I don't need to go there. And that is real. That's the real place we're living. And also, the side bonus of all of that is it is so cool for me to be able to have been obedient to God's word from what he was saying to me instead of being rebuked by my wife because that's even worse. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's just lovely that you, in your relationship you're able to have that. But uh, it's good to get it right sometimes. And I hope just by sharing these examples, I'm trying to just let you understand what it means to let God's word speak to you. I've written it like this. We need to allow the Lord to help each of us, not to just read the word, but to learn the word and live by that word and bring honor to him. What I'd like to do in the remaining time is really just go back to the original scripture. I'd like to just read it again now that your hearts have been prepared for what God was doing on that mountain and just just bring us to a place of just seeing how incredible Jesus is. So back, back to Matthew chapter 17, verse 2, um, reads, And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. And then in verse 5, He was still speaking, and behold, a bright cloud of, overshadowed them. And the voice from the cloud said, this is my beloved son, with whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him. And when the disciples heard this, they fell on their face and were terrified. And this is the beauty of our Lord. And Jesus came and touched them, saying, rise and have no fear. And when they had lifted up their eyes, they saw no one else but Jesus only. Friends, Listen to him. 
cut out time from listening to all those other things in our day, to all those other voices. Take time to listen and be inspired by Jesus. Fix your thoughts on Jesus as you read the word and live with that expectation of the Holy Spirit. Just ready for him to share something with you that you're gonna own and inscribe in your heart. That when the Lord speaks to you in those moments, you will respond and there will be power because people will see Jesus in the way you respond to the word of God. And you will see the gospel in action. And in a way, just like Jesus was having a conversation with Moses and Elijah, I, I really too feel that we could experience, diff, you know, not visually and maybe not audibly, but we can experience in a way the sense of our Lord Jesus speaking to us. His word is just so, so rich and so personal. And I have a sense that in a way, you know, hearing some of you in some moments where you can almost experience Jesus' face just shining on you. I know that for many of us, we've experienced Jesus through you, where you've laid your hand on someone when they were in that dark place. And for many of us, we've experienced Jesus saying, do not be afraid. That's what it means to listen to, to him. 